What's cracking? This one goes out to you and to you, big dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Fantasy football. We're live every Monday, recapping the weekend of American football, which was week 14. First round of playoffs. Some of y'all got buys. Now it's time to turn up. So I just want to welcome you in, say good afternoon to everyone, except people that have not texted me good afternoon yet. 646-328-6601. Text me good afternoon. Otherwise, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Understood? Go do it right now. You're dead to me. Like Mike Kosicki is dead to your lineups. Good amount of injuries this weekend. We kind of got a break for a second. You know, we're, we're easing into the end of the season where injuries tend to slow down a little bit because they got crazy this year in the middle of the year and the beginning of the year because we didn't have the preseason. They didn't have their training, their normalcy in training, getting their muscles ramped up, their tendons, their joints. I'll tell you what, something in my neck is all fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. The season's getting old. How y'all doing? How we doing out there? What's good? What's good? What's good? It's still the morning. That's PM where I'm at. And that's the only thing that fucking matters. Skirt. I didn't mean that. I love all y'all. Okay. So here was the big talking points of this week. Animal won his fucking game. Wildly disappointing. 0-13 season ends 1-13. His team put up an absolute fucking performance. It is about time, given he has Derrick Henry on his fucking roster. But tomorrow's Fade the Public show should be very fucking interesting. We have some we have some good ideas, some funny ideas we're, we're plotting with right now. But Animal got the, the dub, and uh, it's absolutely detrimental to, to the brand. My company, financially, revenue-wise, may never recover from this. We had pieces of content lined up for how this was going to end. We had merchandise. We had a lot of things going on. This might have hit my business harder than coronavirus did. If I'm being totally honest and being transparent with y'all. Animal getting a dub yesterday. I should have locked this fucking roster. I should have locked it up. <sighs> you live and you learn. Next year when someone's 0-13, I'm locking the roster. Okay? Luckily for myself, didn't have to lock the roster. We already had the number one seed. We go into E-Town, get down playoffs, week one of the playoffs, next week, myself versus Snacks. It's going to be fucking electric. It's going to be electric. Haymakers will be thrown. Real haymakers will probably be thrown. Because fuck a Snacks, he's my enemy for the week. I ain't talking to him. Not even on the podcast. I won't acknowledge a word he says this week. I need him to understand that energy. If you're not going at your, your fucking fantasy football playoff opponent with that type of energy, don't care if it's your mother I don't care if it's your sister. I don't care if it's your dog who your girlfriend's setting the fucking lineup for. I don't care if it's your child. If you're not going at it with the energy that you hate that person with everything in your soul, like I hate animal right now, you're not built for this, okay? We are not the same. I am a Martian. I need to get the energy up for this week. It's fantasy playoff week, okay? So let's talk about the injuries. Let's recap last week. 
Should we cap this weekend? Let's get fucking fired up, people. Hit the thumbs up button. Do it. Do it. Bacardi and Cola, do it. So Mike Kosicki, this whole Dolphins offense, we've got some problems here. But there are some takeaways from it, okay? We have the shoulder injury for Mike Kosicki. We don't have a lot of updates on the injuries, obviously. You know, this is Monday morning, so it's the morning after. Mike Kosicki does something to his shoulder. This is the most concerning injury, I think, on the offensive front for the Dolphins. He is most likely going to miss time. I've spoken to my band of doctors. Like I said, I'm only technically a doctor, but I speak to my doctors within the community, and they know what the fuck's going on. Uh, this is a concerning injury that will probably keep him out for uh, at least another week, maybe could be more. I don't I don't know, but you obviously have to take it as it comes with the injury news. On the other front, we have Devontae Parker and we have Jakeem Grant both leaving with lower body injuries. We do not know the significance of the injuries up to this point. But what that does is opens the doorway to another guy by the name of Lynn Bowden. Okay. Lynn Bowden. For those of y'all that don't know, sometimes I, I forget that I have to kind of like a lot of people probably don't know who Lynn Bowden is. When we start doing our research for dynasty and, and rookie stuff, we're doing that in February, March, April, and we know like the top 60, 70 rookies pretty much by the time the NFL draft rolls around and people that are playing season long. Sometimes I forget the majority of my audience is season long. So y'all probably don't know a dude like Lynn Bowden. So I want to kind of capture the essence. We want to we want to story tell every time we talk about a new player. Okay, story of Lynn Bowden, wildly versatile, wildly athletic player out of the University of Kentucky, within the SEC. He was a wide receiver. He's kind of a weapon. The Kentucky quarterback got hurt last year, and Lynn Bowden stepped in as the quarterback. Okay, and listen, I know I, I'm not looking at the YouTube chat right now. I think a lot of people call him Lynn Bowden, and I'm almost positive it's Lynn Bowden. So shut the fuck up if you're trying to correct me. Sorry, you're going to get a lot of negative energy out of me. And it's only because Snacks is not here for me to direct it at him. And also to you, Mika. Go fade me Dynasty League. Taking fucking names. I'm taking heads. You're all getting my negative energy for the next two weeks. Playoff commish brings a different fucking energy. Okay? Do the same. Come correct. We don't open the door at all. Lynn Bowden. He was the quarterback at Kentucky. He takes over for the injured actual quarterback. He ends up leading the SEC in rushing yards. Okay? He ends up leading the SEC. He's a wide receiver that fills in at quarterback and leads the SEC in rushing yards. He accidentally falls into the, to the SEC lead in rushing yards last year. And that's not something that happens on accident. Okay? You have to be pretty fucking good in order to do so. Lynn Bowden is this playmaker who could play any position on the field. Yesterday, he led all Dolphins in routes run. Okay? So now, we're looking at this lineup of Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Miles Gaskin possibly out again. All of their playmakers are hurt or limited. Now, week 13, we started, we started to see Bowden get a little bit more play time. Caught all four of his targets for 41 yards. Had a rush for 11 yards. Yesterday, when everybody went down, they went down early. They went down often. Again, Bowden came in, ran the most routes. But not only did he uh, run the most routes and we're, we're giving out empty promises over here. We're like, oh, he was on the field a lot. He also produced with those routes, okay? Nine targets, seven catches, 82 yards. Playing mainly from the slot. So, 
Bowden is a guy that needs to be on your radar because he was a pretty electric prospect. And now there's a good chance that the athleticism and the skill set meets opportunity. All going to come back to whether or not Parker and Jakeem Grant's injuries are serious. They play the Patriots next week. So not an easy defense, but also not one that you need to shy away from at this point. We just saw the Rams and Cam Akers tear that shit up. But. Limboden on the radar. Other injuries. Matt Stafford. Uh, he's got this rib, a little ribby rib problem. I broke my ribs in high school. I was playing center field in baseball. I don't know what other sport you would fucking assume I'm talking about. And uh, I was going for a ball in the gap, left field gap. I dove for it. I was actually on this side. I dove for it. And the left fielder came in and fucking chopped me down. A little knee to the river. I didn't even think it hurt at first. I was just like, okay, we had a collision. And I stood up and I fucking immediately dropped down to my knees. I couldn't breathe. There was no air coming in or out. I like low key thought I was going to die. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like 16 at the time. Shit was crazy. Most painful ride to the hospital I've ever experienced. Not that I've had a lot of rides to the hospital, but most painful car ride I've ever experienced outside of uh, some of my nights Ubering home at the University of Delaware. So we don't know the severity of the injury, but Stafford's typically a pretty tough dude and he and tends to play through these injuries. Uh, so unless something like significant comes out, I would expect him to play next week. Uh, Chase Daniel came in, finished the game, but probably a little bit more precautionary or the pain was just too high at that time. Uh, I do expect him to play maybe like a flat jacket or whatever it is. Um, but I would expect to see Matt Safford possibly limited in the week 15 matchup. Next up, we got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, another duo of teammates here. So Keenan Allen left with a hamstring strain, ended up coming back in. I guess it wasn't too serious. Then he did something to his fucking bike. Okay. The bad news here is this for both guys. The Chargers have a very quick turnaround. They play on Thursday night. They play on Thursday night against the Raiders. So he tweaked two different things, the hamstring and the bike. If either of those things end up being worse than the best case scenario, where it was, you know, not a real hamstring strain and it's just, a, you know, whatever, I don't know what technical fucking term you could use for the fucking, for the bike. Then this could be a problem on a really, really quick turnaround. So it's a possibility that Keenan sits. It's a possibility that he is limited in the game. I don't know, but obviously something to keep a close eye on. You have Mike Williams also messing up his bike, but like what else is new there? He literally gets body slammed every time he catches a ball. So uh, also not expected to be serious, but again, non-serious injuries can be a detriment when you have three days of rest. So when we're talking about these two guys being limited or being out, obviously we got to give you the range of spectrums because we're doing this on Monday morning. We don't know what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with the practice reports, injury reports, just, just guys to keep your eye on for the waiver wire. The obvious boosts here would first and foremost go to Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. They should continue to get, you know, seven, eight, nine targets a game. The next guys up, there's two guys that should be on your radar. You have Jalen Guyton, who most of you guys probably know at this point. He's the usage guy. He's the one running the second most route. He's actually running more routes than Mike Williams. Um, well, maybe not pound for pound, but, you know, over the last three over the last three, five, six-ish weeks, they've, they've ran about the same amount of routes, but Mike Williams has missed a little bit of time. Uh, but Guyton is the guy from a usage standpoint, and he's been on your radar because, like, every five weeks, Jalen Guyton 
catches like a 50, 70 yard touchdown. And then the clouds come bike over, just like in New York, where we haven't seen the sun since daylight savings time. I, want, I needed a scientific experiment done on that. I need the government to run a scientific experiment on why the sun doesn't happen in New York after daylight savings. He's the Jalen Guyton daylight savings cloud guy. Jalen Guyton needs to be the scientist that runs this experiment. That's the way I'm looking at it, because he knows so goddamn much about hiding behind the clouds. 57-yard touchdown. They're also just not throwing the ball deep anymore. They're not throwing it downfield. Herbert's stopped using that fucking gun for whatever reason. It's fully cocked and loaded, ready to throw seeds, and he just doesn't pull the trigger on it. The other guy to take notice of, though, in this offense is Tyron, Tyrone, Tyron, Tyron Johnson. We're going to go with Tyron. Tyron. Let me throw his player profile, a little little shits up on the screen for you. Now, Tyron Johnson, fast as hell, as you all can see. He runs a 4-4-1-1. 40-yard dash. He went seven for six, caught six of his seven targets, 55 yards, and a touchdown yesterday. He will play like the dump-off slot, maybe like, I'm I'm not going to throw him into the Keenan Allen possession role because Keenan Allen's a legitimate possession receiver. He's not just like a dump-off option at the slot. But Tyron Johnson's athletics kind of tell you that he could play the quick, speedy guy that can throw up a quick you know, six for 50, six for 70, seven for 55 and a touchdown or something, just like he did yesterday. So I keep an eye on both guys because this Tyron Johnson far outproduced Jalen Guyton yesterday in the game. And it seemed like he was a little bit more comfortable with, with Herbert under center there. And, and Guyton's a guy who's like high upside, but like, you know, in week 15, unless you're a wildly wild underdog and you have to choose between these two guys, maybe Guyton makes sense because he could pop off for the 70 yard touchdown. But in most cases, in most cases, this won't fucking matter. Mo- you know, what's gonna, you know, I, I don't even know why I do this. I don't even know why I do this because, because what's going to happen. One, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams could be ruled out in five minutes. I can get a text that says both of them are out. Like both of these guys will probably just be irrelevant and are, are trash. And I would not recommend getting either of them into your lineups immediately. But what's going to happen is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both going to play a bit. They're both going to play. And then the last six minutes I wasted yelling about Tyron Johnson is going to become irrelevant. But Dynasty League, Tyron Johnson, eh? Eh? Anybody? Any takers? Fucking chuck them in. Chuck them in. Chuck a fab bin in. A dollar. We got one dollar left. Let's run it. They play the Raiders again. Been very, 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 very bad against opposing, just opposing offenses in general, but really, really bad against passing defense or passing offenses. They've lost like all of their defensive backs. Jonathan Abraham in the concussion protocol. He's not going to be ready by Thursday. All their cornerbacks are dead. Their safeties are dead. It's, uh, it's, it's a sad scene out there in Las Vegas. Not only economically, but for the football team as well. So, whatever. Do with that information what you want. We have Alex Smith with a calf injury. Dwayne Haskins, we had a little sighting out there. During the game, I, I thought Dwayne Haskins was still like away from the team. I thought them two just like split up and they were like, yeah, I don't want to this crazy ass ex. I don't want to see you in the same bar as me, even though we haven't talked in like six months. I thought Haskins was just going to be inactive for the rest of the season. I guess with uh, Kyle Allen getting hurt. I think he's hurt. I don't know if he's hurt. But I didn't know who the fuck backup quarterback was. So, Alex Smith hurts his calf. Dwayne Haskins comes in. Um, here was what they said on, I want to say, Roto World or some shit. I pulled this from. Smith left early for the locker room in the second quarter due to calf injury. Head coach Rivera said Smith was available for return. The injury was to the hev- heavily surgically repaired leg, and the team will be cautious because of this. He can most likely play in week 15. So the offense obviously runs a lot smoother through Alex Smith. We hope he is biking the lineup for week 15. They play Seattle. They play Seattle next week, and I know a lot of you guys are worried about Terry. I wasn't worried about him this week. I thought this was going to be a nice bounce bike game, and the, the the Washington Twitter account is out here tweeting shit. 
Like, it was a, like we're declaring a bounce back game for Terry McLaurin. And then he doesn't do shit again. Also, like, the Falcons Twitter account, the official team Atlanta Falcons Twitter account tweeted out before the Chargers game, like the Spider-Man meme. I'm all for fucking fun and games. I'm all for fun and games. But that shit was embarrassing, okay? Like, we're a better football team than the Chargers are. At least when we're at full strength. No, we're not. We lost them. They're better. Like, the Chargers have been the most embarrassing team over the last, like, six weeks. And we want to throw up a Spider-Man meme saying that we're the same as them. We evolved. We grew up, right? We hit our growth spurt midway through the season as soon as Dan Quinn got the fuck out of there. Dan Quinn was like an injected shot that blocks off the beta analyzers in your body. Anyone who knows anything about science is just going to be like, that's not a thing. You just made that up. But here's the problem. I just fucking hate Atlanta so much. That's the problem. Uh, Alex Smith plays Seattle. Alex Smith plays Seattle, which is usually, it's come to, been accustomed to us that you just hear Seattle is the best matchup for passing offenses, quarterbacks, wide receivers. Over the last five games, though, Seattle has been good at stopping fantasy quarterbacks. They've allowed just over 200 passing yards a game, 204 passing yards a game over the last five games and just five touchdowns overall. So 204 passing yards and one touchdown per game over the last five. Albeit, a little caveat here, it was against Jared Goff, Kyler Murray. I believe Kyler might have gotten banged up in that game. Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy, and Sam Darnold. So I'm not ready to say like Seattle's not a team that we want to chuck everybody in our lineups against, but you know, I think I think they're probably not the shit defense that they started the year as. Um, and maybe it's because the Seahawks are not letting Russ, you know, throw it as much. And maybe they're doing a little bit more work on the ground, which in turn is obviously always going to help your defense. Like if you're just chucking up 40 yard passing touchdowns on every fucking drive, which Russ was doing for the first eight weeks of the season, in turn, you know, the defense is not going to get rest. They're going to get blown up and they're going to be tired and letting balls go over their fucking head left and right. So that being said, I mean, Alex Smith, I guess if you've been streaming him as like a quarterback two in super flex leagues, I don't know. You're not depending on his rushing ability anyway. So I guess it's not like the craziest thing, but I, uh, he's probably off the radar if he's even slightly limited. Uh, Terry's Terry's in the lineup regardless, just because he's going to be like a top 12, 15 ranked wide receiver. So unless you have legitimately like three or four guys better than him, you have to put him in. Uh, Logan Thomas is good too. You know, throw Logan Thomas in the fucking lineups. He's been getting enough volume. Not exciting, but is what it is. Debo Samuel pulled the hamstring. Just honestly, just sit your ass down. Just sit your ass down. Let us get excited about you for 2020. Okay. This was just a lost season for Debo. I don't think it's indicative of what we need to expect from Debo going forward. Obviously, once he heals up for next year, I'll be all in on Debo. I love, I love Debo Samuel, but he came into the year with the surgery, which cost him a lot of games in the beginning of the year. He had a setback. Got hurt again. Another setback. Got hurt again. Pulled the hamstring on like the first fucking play. I had him in like three of my playoff lineups. Really wasn't fun. Not a good experience for me this weekend. I actually ended up winning. Let me see. I had um, E-Town get down, which wasn't in the playoffs yet, so it doesn't matter. I had the Go Fade Me Dynasty League, which I won my matchup. We're moving on to the semis. Let's fucking go. I had the, uh, the first ever Big Dogs Gotta Eat Subscriber Dynasty League. Took down a fucking powerhouse in that one. So we're moving on to the semis in that, which I've played Mike 
in I think each of the last two years in the playoffs. He beat me in the championship last year. Uh, you know, mic me up, bunk bed breakdowns, of course. BDGE's own. His team has been so good, and uh, we're we're on opposite sides of the brackets. So if we both win our matchup next week, we're gonna have a fucking final showdown again against each other. Need to beat his ass. I think he's going for the three peat, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, we have the New York City Dynasty League, which is uh, I got I had Debo Samuel, and I ended up losing by it was it was a it was a fucking slugfest. Jonathan's team is probably the best team in the league. And he put up like 153. I think I put up 140 or 142 or something. But I had Debo Samuel in my lineup, which fucking killed me. Um, so I took the L there. What else do we have? Scott Fishbowl, not a good ending for your boy. I had the bye in the first week of the playoffs. And then my team, I had Drew Brees and quarterbacks are like wildly valuable in that league. I drew Brees out and I had to start Mike Glennon as my quarterback too. Got me fucking negative four points. So that was done there. I had Debo in that lineup. Uh, George Kittle was my first round pick because it's like super tight end premium too. So that hurt. I had Antonio Gibson too. Like, fuck, man. All these excuses. I just had to get it done. I just had to get it done and I didn't. But I advanced in my most important league, so I'm happy about that. Yubo Samuel, again, sit your ass down. Hammy's probably done for the year. He's most likely done for the year because if he ends up doing something ignorant and like pulling it worse or tearing it worse, it's going to be a problem. But Brandon Ayuk, absolute stud this year. I get, I've been getting so many sit-star questions with him over the last month, and I'm just like, listen, until he gives you a reason not to start him, it's all this, like, until he physically gives you the reason not to start him, continue starting him. It's not It's not like, oh, this guy or that guy might eat it. It's like, no, no, no. You're going to see the 15 to 17 fantasy points in your lineup every single week. Don't get cute here, okay? My rankings for rest of season, as well as this, this week's rankings, obviously week 15, will be out on Patreon Thursday, always dropping before the Thursday night football game to help you with your sit starts. So patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Um, but Ayuk is probably wide receiver one rest of the season going forward. With Debo out, Kittle still out, like there's no reason they're going to push either of those guys. So Ayuk's going to continue to get an insane amount of targets there. Let's move over to a new, new fucking segment. Not a new segment, an old segment. And a segment as old as titties. Titty or committee. So we're looking at Detroit, right? And we got our welcome bike section. We got the welcome bike segment, which we'll get to a little later. I'm not ready to like yell about DeAndre Swift yet. It was a good showing. We look at Detroit, Swift's first game bike, 45% of the snaps, 60% of the running back opportunities. So that felt good. That was good to see. Okay. Seven carries, AP got four. I think Carrion got two. And then he saw his five targets. Felt more like an easing in kind of game for DeAndre Swift. Um, but again, not, not good enough to really get excited about welcoming him bike. They get Tennessee next weekend, and I love that matchup for Swift for a few reasons. One, the Stafford situation is kind of up in the air. Now, if Stafford sits, they're going to lean on the running backs, of course. If Stafford plays, it's probably at a limited capacity, and I think they're going to lean on their running backs. Uh, the Titans are going to score. Their defense is, is, I mean, their offense is fantastic right now, obviously. They're going to score a lot, which means Detroit's going to end up having to throw the ball in the third and fourth quarter a lot, which leads to a lot of dump-offs to DeAndre Swift. Now, DeAndre Swift has at least four targets in seven straight games. That's a lot of fucking targets. He's getting like four and a half targets, five targets per game. He's gotten five or more targets in each of the last three games. Okay? Tennessee is overall just not a great defense. So you can start your players against them really without any any worry. And I think we'll see that snap count jump from like 45 up to 65% under Dow Bevel. So while it is still a committee in, in Detroit, I'm hoping DeAndre Swift gets to suck the whole titty starting next week Miami 
Let's throw this tweet up on the screen for y'all. Where art thou? Where art thou? I should have organized this before I hopped on, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got it from Mr. John Daigle over at Roto World. Dolphins RB snaps without Miles Gaskin, Matt Breda, and Salvin Ahmed Sunday. Patrick Laird, 42 of 83. DeAndre Washington, 39 of 83. So both of them bordering on the 50% mark. Washington outcarried Patrick Laird 13 to 4 and outtargeted him 4 to 1. Then Laird, despite coming off the field when traveling, when trailing 30 to 17 in the fourth quarter. So few talking points here. Few talking points here. Uh, Mr. John kind of explains it well, right? It was an even snap count. Most of Patrick Laird's snaps, Laird, whatever the fuck you say it, uh, came when they were down a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So the point of this is it's kind of, there's just so much uncertainty in this Miami backfield right now because Miles Gaskin tests positive for COVID. There's a very real chance he missed week 15 as well. Salvin Ahmed did not practice at all last week and he was ruled out by Friday. So it was not even like questionable or game time decision. There's a very real chance he also misses week 15. Uh, Matt Brady, I have no idea what's really going on with him. So if that's what happens here, we have all the running backs missing another week. I'm okay rolling out DeAndre Washington again as like a flex play um, in week 15. He got 17 opportunities again, 13 carries, four targets here. I wouldn't look again too much into the snap counts. Like this was a being down by multiple touchdowns in the fourth quarter kind of thing. Uh, Washington also got the one goal line carry they had on the one yard line. Didn't convert it, but if he had gotten a little bit more luck and converted that into a touchdown, you're looking at, you know, 13-ish fantasy points, maybe whatever scoring settings you got. But that's like the flex play that we had kind of ranked him as going into the season or going into the week. The other thing to note here, too, is that DeAndre Washington was limited all week in practice with the hamstring injury, and he missed the week before that. So it's very possible that he was just like limited or not 100% of himself, not as effective because of the hamstring pull that he had been dealing with. Now, they get New England next week. And they've been they've been great against the run prior to Thursday night football, but they got absolutely torched by Cameron fucking Acres. I have no idea if his real name is Cameron, but I'm gonna take it upon myself to call him Cameron. You know how like a mother uses a full name when she she gets like angry about some shit? Like Cam Akers made me angry Thursday night. Not from like a personal standpoint, but like he 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 knows he he under like game recognizes game. Like, this is playoff season for us. If you're not getting angry, get the fuck out of your fantasy league. Cam Akers getting angry, okay? Me and him, we're seeing eye to eye right now. So Cameron, keep running, baby. This is not a committee anymore in LA. It ain't a committee anymore when you get 29 fucking carries under Sean McVay. He picked, he chose, we came, we saw, we conquered with Cameron Akers. <sighs> Tomorrow's video, again, will be the rest of the season rankings for the final two weeks of the season. But I'd imagine Cam Akers, who I've not updated the rankings for yet, will be a borderline RB1 going forward. If not, like, locked in top 10. The performance was too juicy. It was too gorgeous. And the usage was way too high. There's no coming bike from that. You know, cat's out of the bag. Whatever the fucking saying is, is out of the bottle. Nick's out of the glasses. Probably got marks on my eyes. I'm wearing the glasses all morning. This is it. I feel like I'm in the last round of a fight. I'm cut. I'm cut. Wipe me down. It's hot in here. It's hot in here. I got all the lights going right now. Whew. Okay. 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 Let's calm down. I know it's winter. But 
If you're hot like me. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I meant in the body temperature sense. One way to cool yourself down is by keeping yourself slim and trim. And I'm speaking more so to the hair on your body. You know how swimmers shave themselves completely before they get into the pool and race? Because every tenth of a second counts. And every tenth of a second in bed also counts. Okay? There's, I, I don't know if this is a real scientific experiment or statement or what they did with the government. But apparently for every centimeter shaved off of your hair down there, you last an extra minute in bed. Okay. And for those of y'all that are like me, that's like a 200% increase. Huge. And you know what will help you with that? You know what will securely secure the bag? The products at Manscaped. Because they have the lawnmower 3.0 upgraded, beautiful, available in other countries now, not just in America. We don't discriminate. Canada, Australia, in England, in Mexico. I think I'm just making up countries. I actually, you're going to have to check the website because I don't know if I can even legally say that. They are available in three new countries now. So if you're international, this is a wonderful gift. Christmas is in 11 days. If you need a funny gift, stocking stuffer gift, perfect. Throw it in your dad's stocking. Throw it in your son's stocking. Throw it in any. You could probably do it for females too. Listen, we don't need we don't need it completely shaved. This, this will work for, sh- for females too. All right? You don't need it bald down there. I'm not really trying to go head first into like a bush like this. I don't mind it, I guess, but a little cleanup, a little trim is good. Okay. And Manscaped's got you covered. They got performance packages. They got like a whole thing with a, a beautiful like travel kit that you could take it to your family's house during the holidays. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code BDGE. You're going to get 20% off your gift plus free shipping and it will get here by Christmas. Okay. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready for this? Where are you? Where's my audio clip? I think I lost the welcome bike audio clip. Uh, nope. Welcome bike. Welcome bike. Welcome bike. Welcome bike. Welcome bike, Miles Sanders. Welcome fucking bike 
to my lineup. Welcome, bike, to my life. Welcome, bike, Miles Sanders. Here's what I'll say about this. My excitement level, as you can tell, is not as it should be coming off a 27-point fantasy game for Miles Sanders. The narrative this week for Jalen Hurts, who we'll talk about in a minute, is going to be that he helped Sanders out so much because of, of the run game and freezing linebackers and the read options and shit like that. I mean, maybe. Maybe he helps that out a little bit. But most of his numbers yesterday came off that 80-yard touchdown run, okay? Don't forget, like, his three toughest matchups this year on the ground so far were Baltimore, they were Pittsburgh, and they were New Orleans, okay? And each of those three games, he busted off a 70-plus yard run. You know what the other two games did, did not have in common with this one? Carson Wentz was under center, okay? So that is very much in his range of outcomes every week. It doesn't matter who's under center, right? Sanders is a big play guy, and I got a ton of sit-start questions about Sanders this week, and he was ranked as like my RB16 or 17. So for the most part, you were starting him. But I would always say that, like, I'm starting Sanders not because his usage looks good right now or he's not in a committee, but he always brings that one play fantasy-making week for you. And he did that on that 80-yard touchdown run, okay? But if you look at outside of the 82-yard run, Sanders was mediocre, kind of stagnant on the ground, as we expected against the Saints defense. 13 for 33, which is like 2.5 yards per carry. Um, four of five targets he caught, 21 yards. But the four catches were tied with Dallas Goddard for the lead. Um, and I know, I know, I know my tone sounds a little bit negative right now. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like me talking about an ex-girlfriend, you know, like fuck that girl. But also like, I still like to get bike in bed. It's one of those kind of things where it's like, I'm so angry at Miles Sanders for emotionally hurting me that it's hard for me to get back into bed with him, which I'm going to do. I have him in two leagues. I started him in both leagues. Shit felt pretty fucking good. Okay. He outcarried Boston Scott 14 to three. No other running back saw a touch. He out-targeted Boston Scott 5-1. to one. So we're looking at 19 opportunities to Boston Scott's 4. What I do like about Jalen Hurts being under center for Sanders' perspective is that he's far from a refined quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball. And it seems like when his first read is not open, not that he panics, but he goes to his instinct right away. And he does one of two things. He either runs the ball, which he did really well yesterday, obviously, went over the fucking Benji mark, or he dumps off to Sanders, okay? So while Sanders' efficiency through the air has been ratchet this year, the volume, I think, will be a staple going forward. I think we can really, really like account for three to five receptions each game going forward. Their next two games are going to Arizona, Dallas, both plus matchups for sure, especially that championship week against Dallas. Um, Jalen Hurts also just extends the drives, man. We're, we're going to get into a little bit more about Jalen Hurts later on in the video, but he's just a drive extender, which is good for every piece of that offense, even if a lot of the stats are going towards Jalen Hurts' box score and not the other guys. But all in all, it's better than fucking Carson Wentz taking sacks and then leaving that offense in third and 18 situations, right? You'd rather be at third and two or third and three, where all of your fucking playmakers are still relevant in the game. So as opposed to where he keeps taking sacks, and like two of your downs, you know, you have first and second down and then third and fourth down are almost irrelevant for fantasy players. You get one of your downs back. It's nice. It's nice to not have Carson Wentz under center anymore. 
Who else we welcome on bike? I got to tell you, there's not a lot of guys to welcome bike this week. I want to say Josh Jacobs, but he kind of fucking stunk. He did see 18 opportunities. Didn't do anything with them, but brighter days are ahead. I hope. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Let's get back in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking talk about Jalen Hurts again while we're here. Let's just talk about general waiver wire pickups that I think you guys should be targeting that I didn't really cover yet. Obviously, Jalen Hurts was uh, like the the obvious pickup at quarterback last week. We were confident. We were obvious obvious pickup, but not an obvious start to the week because the tough matchup ends up putting up around twenty fantasy points. Uh, great first showing, especially against a really tough defense. Again, he keeps the drives alive and he does not take sacks. So Jalen Hurts was pressured 14 times on Sunday. And on those plays, the Eagles gained 82 yards, took zero negative plays. And this is something I tweeted out earlier today. Y'all can be following me on the Twitter, at Nick underscore BDGE. So right now, Carson Wentz, despite not playing yesterday, leads the NFL in sacks. He's taken 50 sacks this year, which is like 4.2, 4.3 per game. Okay? It's not 4.2 or 4.3. It's literally fucking factual mathematical 4.2 per game. That's 10 higher than the next closest quarterback, Russell Wilson. 10 higher. He has 40. Carson Wentz has 50. Carson Wentz has taken at least three sacks in every game except one this year. The Saints coming into this game had the second highest number of sacks total over the last five weeks of the NFL season. So you're looking at a team that gets sacked at an unusually high rate. You're looking at a defense that's really coming into their own and sacking at a very high rate. And then Jalen Hurts gets sacked zero times. That is what he brings to this offense, and that is what he brings to Miles Sanders. Okay? When you're not on the field, when you don't have drives, you're not going to get the opportunities. Like, we're yelling about how Sanders is not getting enough touches, but, like, their offense is not dictating the fact that he can get touches. Like, you can't give this guy touches when they're never on the field or when half their plays are sacked or when it's third and 18 every time and you put in a guy like Boston Scott on long passing downs. Like we can't expect Sanders to get the touches when they're in that situation all the time. Wide receivers, where we at though? Actually, let's touch on one more running bike before we get out of there. Trayvon Williams. Trayvon Williams is a guy that needs to be added in Dynasty. Um, Needs to be added in your Dynasty League. He's probably available. He had some hype when he came into the league and he finally saw a little bit of relevance yesterday because Geo... Man, I apologize to anyone who started Geo this week. I started him in one of my leagues, and he was just fucking miserable. He fumbled the ball and immediately got benched, which put Trayvon Williams into the spotlight, and he kind of took over. Now, Trayvon Williams was a guy who at Texas A&M put up fantastic numbers, okay? Put up fantastic numbers, very high-level producer in college, which tells you he's good at football. Also, being in Texas A&M, like you're in a Power 5 conference, which tells me you could do it against real defenses. He's only 23 years old. It feels like he was kind of like a folklore, right? Like a while ago, like a mythical creature that people got hyped about and then we kind of forgot about. But again, he just turned 23, so he's still very young. And when you look at Gio Bernard, Gio Bernard's been fading. He's been terrible this year. He hasn't been able to fill in well for Mixon. That's a lot of, to do with the backup quarterback and terrible offensive line play. But he's always gotten it done prior to this year. His contract is up at the end of next year, but they can cut him. It'll, it'll be like $4.5 million to their cap space if they keep him but only a dead cap of about 600000 if they let him go. If you look at Geo and you look at Trayvon Williams, they're very similar players. They're very similar in stature. They're very similar in like speed, height, weight, uh, college production, and they're both... Trayvon Williams is a very good pass catcher, okay? So they play pretty much the same role. Trayvon Williams is younger. It'll save them money to get rid of Geo. So I think there's a very real possibility that we see Trayvon Williams be the Geo of 2021 for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's like, oh, we don't want Geo. But it's like Geo's been an RB1 a lot of the times that Mixon's been out. And Geo's had moments where like he's actually 
um, like usable in fantasy, even when Mixon was there because they use him on like passing downs and shit. So I would go scoop Trayvon Williams. Again, when you look at the the numbers and stuff, going back to college, he was always a producer, okay? College dominator rating, 80th percentile. College yards per carry, 83rd percentile. Six and a half yards per carry at Texas A&M. Again, just 23 years old, a 4-5-140, good breakaway speed. College target share in the 65th percentile. Kick and ball, kick and ball. I'm excited to see him get a little bit more opportunity. Let's talk some wide receivers, though. No, Chad Henson, Texans. 21% target share over the last two weeks since Will Fuller has gotten suspended. That leads the Houston Texans. He's been a big part of the offense, and Randall Cobb is not expected to return anytime soon, if not even out for the entire year. Fuller gone. Stills is gone. Cooks didn't play yesterday, um, and I do expect him back next week. So keep an eye on Cooks, obviously. But Hanson will still get some run out there, man. And he's not a, he's really not a, a, a terrible PPR flex. I mean, he kind of is, I guess, but you get the point. They play the Colts and they play the Bengals over the next two weeks. So obviously that Bengals matchup is juicy because William Jackson's been a beast at cornerback for the Bengals, but he's not going to be covering Chad Henson. Something to note here, though, for the Colts next week in this matchup, Houston versus Indy. Both Xavier Rhodes and Darius Leonard got hurt in this game. Now, I don't think either of them were that serious, but both of them will be probably questionable or game time decisions for this upcoming matchup. Now, they've been their, their best two defenders this year. David Rhodes on the outside as a cornerback perimeter guy. And uh, Darius Leonard, obviously, y'all know who Darius Leonard is. So if they're without those two guys, that is a huge hit to this Indy Colts defense. Uh, so just just monitor that when it comes to the run game. Not that they have one in, in Houston, but they do expect David Johnson to be biked. So it's a little bit of an upgrade to his matchup. Brandon Cook's bike. He won't get Xavier Rhodes, et cetera, et cetera. So Chad Hansen, I mean, you can get excited about him. One guy I'm really getting excited about, though, is Tim Patrick, man. And I've been talking about Tim Patrick for a couple weeks now. He is only 32% owned in Yahoo leagues, which makes no fucking sense to me. The guy is just a baller, man. The guy's a baller. Sutton went down in week two. Sutton went down in week two. And since then, Tim Patrick has had over 100 receiving yards and or a touchdown in 70. Say that shit louder for y'all. 70% of his games. He's been on fire. He's got three touchdowns in the last two games. They get Buffalo. They get LAC the week after that. Buffalo actually might be a little bit tougher for a guy like Tim Patrick. I think um, kind of what we expected and what we talked about last week with how they'd probably play Tredavious White on Chase Claypool on the outside pretty significantly. There's a, there's a possibility that that's what they do with Tim Patrick being like the big receiver out there in uh, in Denver. But he's operating as the wide receiver one, getting a ton of valuable targets. So uh, Tim Patrick needs to be owned in your league. Only 32% owned is fucking criminal. Criminal. Uh, Gardner Minshew is, is he bike? I don't, I don't even know. Like, I guess he should be added in Superflex leagues. He took over from Mike Lennon, who was awful yesterday, who lost me my Scott Fishbowl week. Um, I don't understand. I think, I think, I think they like, they want to see Gardner so bad for the rest of the season, but they don't want to give themselves the chance to win anymore than they already have. And I think they knew yesterday's game was so out of hand that they're like, okay, let's get Gardner one more half in here. Otherwise, like they would have just started Gardner off the rip. There's no reason for that, but they're being ignorant. They're tanking, obviously, and uh, and they know Gardner is the best chance to win. So I don't know if they actually start him. I don't think this is one of those like real quarterback battles. I think they know what they have or they know what they want. They know what their future is. They know what they're gunning for, and Gardner Minshew is not in the plans for that. So I don't know. 
if I had to guess, and every time I guess on one of these things, I end up sounding fucking stupid, but I actually think Mike Lennon will probably be, be out there on the field again because he gives them the lesser of the chance to win games. Irv Smith. Irv Smith is the top tight end pickup this week. If Rudolph is out again, then Irv Smith is wildly intriguing as a tight end one against Chicago next week. Obviously a very tough matchup, but Chicago is very good against wide receivers, very good against running backs, horrible against tight ends, like bottom five at covering opponents' tight ends when it comes to fantasy points. Smith needs to be added. We don't know, you know, what Kyle Rudolph's injury is going to be, but if he's out again, like you're looking at a really, really good matchup for a tight end who's wildly athletic, who just is coming off a big game. I think he was like four for 60 and a touchdown. Um, just a really, really good playmaker and another good option for Kirk Cousins in this one. So Irv Smith would be my top pickup at tight end this week. What else we got here? Let's talk about some defenses. Uh, Cleveland, I think, would probably be the top ad right now. That is highly unknown. They get the Giants next week. They get the Jets the week after that. And championship week, they're a must-add. Uh, the Giants look absolutely putrid with a limited Daniel Jones. The Jets look absolutely putrid with a fully healthy, active roster. And we've got to hope Denzel Ward is, is bike for week 15, but that's kind of probably a long shot. I don't think he's been practicing whatsoever. So it's not looking like it. It's not looking great for it. But either way, I feel like Miles Garrett might single-handedly be able to push Cleveland Browns fantasy defense to double-digit points in both of these weeks. So Cleveland's got the matchups. Uh, Tennessee needs to be looked at if Matt, Sta if we, if we get some news over the next, you know, 48 hours that Matt Stafford's injury is a little more serious than we expected, we get Tennessee Houston's defense is absolutely fucking terrible, but they do get Cincinnati in week 16. And I would argue that Cincinnati's offense is wildly as terrible as Houston's defense is. Um, and on the flip side, you got the Washington football team, WFT kind of like some swaggy acronym, to be honest with you. A lot of like play off the WTF. If you can get creative with it, a lot of good merch to be had there. They get Carolina in week 16. So as a flip side, uh, Carolina is not the Cincinnati offense, but Washington is a great defense and Houston stinks. So Washington is a team that I just, you, you probably just want to be streaming unless they're playing against like an elite offense. So we have Cleveland, Giants, Jets. You have Tennessee, possibly a Matt Staffordless Detroit this week. You have Houston who gets Cincinnati in week 16 and you have Washington who gets Carolina in week 16. So planning ahead, I have absolutely no fucking problem rostering two, three defenses on your team, especially if it's blocking one of your other opponents from streaming a good defense. This is like make this could be make or break shit. Defenses are wildly important in the playoffs, man, because defenses have that range of outcome to be anywhere from like five up to 20 points. Right. And that could be the absolute difference in your matchup. And whereas it's not like kickers, like kickers are extremely hard to predict on a week to week basis. Right. Someone might finish as the kicker. We're not going to talk about the Atlanta kicker, but. You know, typically kickers like two through fucking 20 all have their games, right? Like three points here, 13 points here, 17, four, like shit like that. Whereas defense, you you know, the matchups are very indicative of, of the production that they're going to put out there for you. So uh, make sure that you stack one, if not two, if not fucking three. I'm fine having three defenses on your roster at this point because, you know, it is no more fucking bye weeks. It's, you, you know what your roster is at this point. Let's end this fucking shit with some other notes. Some other notes. I was going to talk about Melvin Gordon had his court date today for the DUI, but that got pushed back to January. Shout out to Johnny Cochran, the lawyer team over there for Melvin Gordon, doing a good damn job. So that won't be until the offseason where he needs to figure out the DUI shit because that would have been under the new CBA, a three-game suspension during this season. I don't know if that will get pushed back to next season, but it doesn't fucking matter for this year. 
And the last thing, I guess, there's almost never an instance where drops, right? Like dropping a ball that's thrown to you becomes a problem for players in fantasy. Like it sucks that, you know, the guy dropped it and you miss out on your 12 yards or whatever. But this was an exception last night. Deontay Johnson spraying fucking canola oil on his fingers pregame is dropping balls left and right. Okay. He's like a shit juggler. Every time the ball is thrown up to him, he's not coming down with it. And that that led him to being benched. That's where drops come into play. A player can lead the league in drops and doesn't fucking matter because coach is going to keep putting him back out there. But Mike Tomlin says, I had enough of your shit, Deontay. Get on the bench. I'm letting James Washington in. And James Washington filled in nice. Caught that nice tug. Deontay Johnson ended up playing fewer than 50% of the snaps in this game. So that's where it becomes a, an issue. Now, I think this might just be like a learning lesson for Deontay Johnson. He's a young player. He needs to focus more on the targets that he's getting. And I do think, I do think he'll be back out there and he'll be fine to go for the rest of the playoffs. He's not going to be someone I'm telling you to sit because he dropped a few balls, which has been a problem for the whole year, obviously. But I mean, even in this game where he was benched pretty much, seven targets he got in this one. And in the five games previously, double digit targets in all of them. Most of them were like 12, 13, 15. Way too high of upside, way too much volume typically. Uh, I think they know that Deontay is their actual best NFL wide receiver, and he gives them the best chance to win. Coming off multiple losses, like they they don't have time to be fucking around and teaching lessons anymore, okay? So Pittsburgh takes on, let me see the schedule, the schedule for them. Where art thou? If y'all are just chilling in here, hit the thumbs up. Do something crazy. Do something crazy. Wow, Big Ben was really bad yesterday, huh? The Steelers will get the Bengals next week and then the Colts the week after that. So, uh, again, we'll have William Jackson, who has been really, really good at the cornerback position for Cincy. I feel like Cincy low-key just always is terrible on defense, but they always have like one or two stud defensive backs, whether it's a cornerback or like a safety. It's always ranked like top three in PFF rating or whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I, I feel like a lot of opposing cornerbacks have just been lining up on Chase Claypool for whatever reason and not Deontay Johnson, which is good news. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna be starting Deontay Johnson next week against Cincy without a question. And then Indy, we'll see what happens with Xavier Rhodes, but I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in throwing Deontay bike into them lineups, baby. Who texted me? Anyone texting me? Did you guys text me? Good afternoon. Hey, we see a, a couple good afternoons. I see y'all out here. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, Cesar. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. Nope, that wasn't it. Thank you, Nolan. You the man. Do you answer question here? Maybe. You'll have to ask it. Good afternoon, dick pics. Hey, Yannick. Always, always nice when I can open up some dick pics over here. He didn't send a dick pic through him, but he asked for him, which I might send one or two through. European football only in this household. You hate to see it. Good morning, King. Thank you, Jacob. Noah, James, Taha, Taha. Good afternoon, Jason, Robert, Philip, Cooch Killer. I love that. I don't even know how you guys' nicknames get in here. So you just send your your text message. I don't know where it picks up the name from. Y'all are crazy. Crazy as hell. Text me, 646-328-6601. Say good afternoon. Say good evening. Say whatever the fuck you want to do.
Uh, what else we got going on? How we doing? Yes, Animal did win. Miles Sanders, exclamation points. Correct, correct, correct. Minshew's getting the start. Okay, Minshew is starting. So that's good for DJ Chark, I guess, at this point. Um, so pick up Minshew in Superflex Leagues, of course. Which is shitty, because Snacks gets to fucking start him against me. Hate to see that. Jalen Hurts gets to start, obviously. Terry Kill did not suffer a hamstring injury. Panthers head coach Matt Rule said he planned on Christian McCaffrey playing again in 2020. Oh, come on, C-Mac. We need you. What a disappointing year. What else we got? Listening at work. Can I get a who yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got you, Austin. What should I do? Derek Richards. Most of AP is my RB2. Definitely not AP. It's the Andre Swift season. What do you recommend going to see in New York? Um, I mean, there's not much to do right now. I would typically just tell you to go depending on how ratchet you are. Um, I don't know. I don't really know the touristy shit. But, I mean, all the restaurants and, and bars and stuff are closed. So, I'd probably tell you to go down to, like, the Lower East Side. Hit up Mr. Purple, Pizza Beach, Hair of the Dog, some ratchet shit. Uh, great call on Mike Davis. Almost started Connor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was too tough. Ratchio, when's the best time? Uh, the best time is spring, spring and summer for sure. Spring and summer, absolutely. I was talking to one of my friends, and like, there's a notification that you know the vaccines are starting to come out. Um, vaccines are starting to come out. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm not even like excited for it. For some reason, I thought I'd be really excited. I'm like still kind of depressed. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, like. New York in the winter is like depressing regardless. Like even if COVID wasn't here, I'd be fucking depressed. But that makes spring and summer like that much more fun. The energy gets crazy here. So spring, summer, most likely summer for you because by spring we'll still probably be like halfway getting through the vaccine and stuff. Blacked out 69 times at Pizza Beach. Facts. You can't, you, it's, 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 it's un- it's unethical not to black out there. They got those shark drinks with Everclear in them. It's just like, what are you doing to me? I had a kid that I went to college with that was the bartender there. And he gave me so many of those. It was a huge fucking problem. Um, what else we got? Mike put out a killer video today with Ray. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Mike's working his fucking dick off. And it shows. He's doing really good work over on Bunk Bed Breakdowns. And Ray's obviously a stud. So them two together, I'm not surprised. I haven't listened to it yet, but I plan on it. I'm going to get the vaccine. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going to have the option to. I'm, I'm like a very healthy young person. Um, and that all that stuff's going to go out to a, a zillion people before me. So unfortunately, unfortunately, I get to kind of see what happens with it prior to even making a decision. I have no idea when that, when that stuff will actually hit the mainstream. What's up with James Conner? Yeah, that 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 was kind of a miss by me this week. I had a mess like RB12, I think. The, I mean, the Steelers' run game is just non-existent. 
it's possible that they were like limiting him coming coming back from COVID, but all they do is pass the ball. Their run to pass ratio is just out of control. So um you probably can't count on any Pittsburgh running back right now outside of like a low end RB two flex. What's the superior fantasy format? PPR, half PPR standard? Definitely uh, half PPR. PPR is like too much. You shouldn't be getting a full point for a catch at the line of scrimmage. Standard is just so fucking boring. You need to open up the available players um, that actually matter in fantasy a little bit more, and half PPR does that. What are your expectations for Dobbins tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm excited for this. I, mean, I, I think Dobbins will continue to kind of lead that backfield, and I think Ingram will hopefully continue to get phased out. All right, y'all. Um, I'm going to hop out of here. I'm going to hop out. I'm going to hop out. Uh, I appreciate you hanging out with me for the... How long were we on it for? An hour or so? 55 minutes. My bike is sweating on this beautiful t-shirt that tells you to text me. 646-328-6601. I love you. Um, hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed the waiver wire... Um. The in-depth article, like fab guidance and everything, will be up on Patreon tomorrow. Patreon.com forward slash BDGE, where you'll get all the rankings, you'll get the waiver wire, you'll get access to the live stream that we do on Saturday. All that shit. We'll have a lot of Dynasty content in the offseason. You get into the Discord. Manscaped.com, people. Make sure you go use Manscaped.com. Gifts, relatives, friends. Promo code BDGE. 20% off and free shipping. I'm out. Thank you. Love you. Win your fucking matchup. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.